Hello, folks. Dr. Maurice Selby here, medical director, producer, and co-host of Health in Harlem on WHCR 90.3 FM and the Health in Harlem podcast. While we strive to bring you the most up-to-date, reliable, evidence-based information to help you live the healthiest life possible, this show does not substitute for an evaluation by a trained and licensed medical professional. It is highly recommended that any advice or recommendations on medications, treatments, nutrition, fitness, preventive services, etc. be implemented under the guidance and supervision of your primary medical provider or appropriate specialist. With that said, we hope that you enjoy and learn from our program, and please be sure to let us know how we can best serve you in future shows. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Let me not say evening. We have the podcast version now, so you can listen whenever you want, right? Um, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Health in Harlem on WHCR 90.3 FM New York, the voice of Harlem and the Health in Harlem podcast featured on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we are out there. And yes, we are featured everywhere. You can even listen to us. Uh, I listen to us on Apple CarPlay, man. It's so dope looking at the logo there and just hearing our beautiful, sexy voices um, on their <laughs> coming through my my car's uh, radio. But anyway, yeah, we're we're back, and it is January fourteenth, twenty twenty one. You'll probably be hearing this either tomorrow, January fifteenth, or afterwards. Um, but we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions. Now, I know we're well past the new year. I count 31 days, right? Uh, if I see you for the first time within 31 days, I still say Happy New Year. <laughs> um, tried to bring you this program a little bit earlier, but um, excuses, excuses. Maurice was out of it last week after his second uh, COVID shot. Yes, I am referring to myself in the third person. Um, but yeah, man, that thing took me down. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> just as well, a quick... What were you feeling? Yeah. Just as a quick aside, you know, we do strive to just bring you some regular updates regarding this crisis, unfortunately. Um, And so we know that the vaccine is out there. Um, One thing I think is is really important for us to understand are there are side effects. And I can tell you firsthand, (laughs) there are side effects. Uh, So last week I posted on social media, actually on Facebook. I was like, yeah, man, I'm feeling like Bruce Leroy from uh, The Last Dragon. That's an old reference, y'all. I'm sorry if y'all don't. You got to see that movie, The Last <laughs> Dragon. Um, in that movie, he gets the glow, right? He attains like his superhuman form and is ready to beat Shownuff. That was the name of the villain. Um, so that's how I felt. I was like, yo, I, I'm ready for COVID now. Well, actually, technically, in two to three weeks, I'll be fully ready with my, uh, you know, antibodies running strong. But yeah, I got the shot, uh, the second shot last week. Felt like. Super happy, a million bucks, got home. Now, I I knew this was coming, right? I knew this was coming. I think that's the important thing that we need to focus on is to know what is going to come. So I knew I was going to feel lousy the next day, and indeed I did. Um, The literature shows, and this is true in my experience, that after the second vaccination, you can have uh, more pronounced adverse effects, so more symptoms. Uh, So after my first shot, I actually had a headache. I had some body aches. I had some chills. Um, You know, they were enough to stop me from doing my run, my my daily runs, which we're going to talk about. 
uh, being that we are talking about New Year's resolutions and there's one <laughs> out of my three that was very successful. And that's, that's part of it. Uh, my running routines. Um, so, yeah, I didn't do the run. And this after the second vaccine, it was the same thing. I woke up uh, last Sunday and I had body aches. I had chills. I actually had a fever um, overnight, <laughs> night sweats, which I had for probably like two days. I've had night sweats. And so, yeah, man, like it, legit, I had those effects. And that's something that we all all have to um, expect with this vaccination uh, in older individuals. Um, and this seems to be true as well in talking with my neighbors that have been vaccinated, some of my neighbors, some of my coworkers, older individuals um, might not have as prominent side effects. So the headaches and stuff and chills, they might experience them to a lesser degree or not at all. Um, even Dr. Thomas, if you recall, if you've listened to that show, our previous show, our COVID update, uh, COVID vaccine update, he did not have anything really, just had a little local soreness, which is definitely expected. Um, but he's older than me, right? He said that he, he's got me by a few, you know, a few years. Uh, so he did not have anything, uh, but I definitely had some symptoms and I know of other coworkers that had symptoms. So just be aware that that is to be expected. That's to be expected. And if anything, probably evidence that it's working. Yes, Mani. So ladies and gentlemen, Amani is with us tonight. <laughs> a major feature in my New Year's resolutions. A lot of them center around making everything good for her. Say hi, Mani. Hi. Say hey. happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> happy New Year. So do you have any New Year's resolutions, Imani? Is there anything that Imani wants to do better this New Year in 2021? Mm, I want to just um, get better from listening and get better to, to get ready to um, get a bigger big sister. Oh, you want to be a, a great, a better big sister and listen better to mommy and daddy? Yeah. I think those wow. are great resolutions, mama. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for us too, but very excited for you and wanting to be a big girl and listen better. Now that's going to be really tough. It's hard, but I think you can definitely do it. Okay. So yeah, man, if, if Imani, Imani has New Year's resolutions, um, I, I just got to put it out there that I don't. Uh, this year is Ooh. an exception. I don't have a New Year's resolution. That's essentially our show tonight, right? Uh, we have our, our every year, we have our New Year's special, um, just talking about New, New Year's resolutions and really the changes that we want to make in our lives and really how best we can go about doing that. But this year we're talking about to make or not to make New Year's resolutions. That is the question. And if you are going to, we're going to get into how to do just that so that we can optimize our chances of success. And for many, you know, I think why people don't want to do it <laughs> this year, especially coming off of last year's just, you know, extremely challenging year, I think it's a bit much for people. And I totally understand where folks are coming from when they're like, yo, I'm just chilling this year and taking it one day at a time. Uh, for many, this is kind of a setup for failure. According to the Pew Research Center, one-third to one-half of Americans make resolutions each year. I don't know the data offhand this year as far as uh, how many people are making resolutions, but we were sort of maybe thinking, or at least Reed was thinking that maybe it's more people um, this year because of some bad habits that might have formed during last year's challenges, especially regarding uh, social distancing and quarantining. I think that might be true. I think it might be on the other hand where some people are just, like we said, taking it one day at a time 
And uh, in a famous study, it was conducted by John Norcrat, Norcross and Dominic Vangarelli, in which they took 200, quote unquote, New Year's resolvers, right? These individuals that wanted to uh, make changes in the new year with New Year's resolutions. And they followed them over a two-year period to see if they succeeded or failed. At one week, 27% had fallen off. At the end of one month, 55% were still hanging on to their resolutions. And by the end of, of two years, only 19% of that cohort had succeeded in making whatever change it was they were making from that initial year. This is pretty consistent. Like from that time, this is like in 1988 when this study was done, the late 1980s to now. That's just the dismal statistic, statistics when it comes to New Year's resolutions. These are just uh, extraordinary changes. I think part of the thing is that these are extraordinary changes that people are trying to make. Right. And, and we look at even some of the more common New Year's resolutions. That's Imani in the background, y'all. We're just going <laughs> to go through it. <laughs> let's see. If, let's see if she can follow through on her resolution. Can you take your foot upstairs and sing to mommy? I think she really wants to hear this episode in 10 years from now. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to be like, you did me dirty. <laughs> I mean, Mo, the odds are statistically against you. Only 19% of those that make resolutions actually exactly. follow through on them. So chances are she is she's, not going to. not going anywhere. anywhere. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> Just excuse me for two seconds. One, two. I mean, we could see the, the effects uh, of this of of this kind of uh, phenomenon, if you, we were in the gyms, we would see that with it sure. by the second week, you could start to see the, the fall off uh, for all the people who said they were going to go to a gym every day. They're going to get healthy. They're going to start eating right. And then you see that the prepackaged salads uh, go from being scarce in the beginning of the, the month to, you know, two, three weeks in the gyms, gyms are going back to empty and, the salads are back on the, the, the racks. And uh, I think that I've seen that consistently every year. The the whole drop-off in, in New Year's resolution success is so statistically predictable that gyms will do New Year's deals for new members, banking on the fact that those new members will drop out. Because if everybody that registers for a new membership continues going to the gym, then that gym loses money. Um, yes, but so it so reliably happens that a certain percentage, a majority percentage of people, um, end up falling flat on their resolutions. Uh, in which case, they're paying a gym membership that they're not utilizing, and now the gym has taken a risk and they've succeeded with that. And you can see the failure happening around you, like the people that you started maybe going to the gym with or doing that that daily walk. So I've I've had both experiences where. Some of my resolutions, I was successful in making some changes and there are other years or other things that did not really work out. Actually, if we use last year as an example, I started the year wanting to become more fis fiscally, uh, financially stable. That was something that was kind of a medium, I would say medium <laughs> success. Uh, definitely got rid of a good amount of debt. And a lot of that was achieved through just sort of uh, calculated payment plans to bring down you know, not only uh, paying the principal, but also uh, eliminating interest on credit cards, for instance, and just sort of taking certain uh, income, uh, such as my tax return, and really just being aggressive and paying down debt. So that was a specific goal that I had. And uh, that's one of the key things, I think, was that it was a specific 
thing in, in life or a specific goal that I had set and really uh, set a plan to to make that happen. Um, I say it's medium success because some of that debt is back again <laughs> after the holiday season and the move and stuff, uh, but definitely had some period of success in managing that. Another success was just really my increase in physical activity. Didn't have really the specifics regarding that, but definitely made some changes now where I, I've been running you know, three to five miles pretty consistently uh, for months now, uh, about anywhere from three to five times a week and trying to really expand on that. And so that's something that's, that's definitely lasted from last year to now. But then others, such as keeping in touch with family, you know, keeping up with my agenda and stuff, I've, I've had trouble. And, and so have you been measuring these resolutions and kind of tracking whether or not you've been on goal? Well, that's a good question. And, and how I've been measuring that. So, for instance, and we've talked about this on past shows, like using, you know, technology to help us in our uh, fitness and activity goals. So that's something and a strategy that I employed to really help me not only challenge myself, but also help me stay accountable and also to track my activity. And so I have it documented that this is something that's a dry, you know, a significant change from last year to now. I've been that's able awesome. to make that. Yeah. And so, that, you know, there's definitely, I see the, the pros in making this happen, right? Making these resolutions and then being successful in these changes and how that can boost you. And then next year, like I have a new set of goals, you know, based on what, what was done from last year um, mm-hmm. and being successful in some of these. But at the same time, too, I see when these things don't work out, I don't want to say devastating, but it could be like, dang, yo, like I fell. Why do it? I guess that's the question, right? Why do I it do again? every year. Like, why am I, yeah, yeah. If you're going to fail, if, especially if you know to a degree or you have it in your head that you're going to fail. And so, um, but I think, ladies and gentlemen, we definitely have some some things, some strategies that we can employ that will increase our chances of success. And so I think it's a legit question. Are we going to set these or are we not? going to set them. And right now, and I will get into it why I'm not going to set them. Okay. And and just a, a question from your personal experience, did having your fitness goals become more measurable on a daily basis with less of your energy needed for that to happen? Uh, did that help you to improve in a way that you haven't been able to before? I don't know if you were like, did you usually log your activity before the technology did it for you or is this something that that you know uh was improved for you no so i didn't i didn't really track my activity like if i did a workout in a gym i didn't track what i did or how many reps i did of each exercise i didn't track how many miles i ran and what time i did it in uh as i'm doing now with my watch and other other tools you know, even tools to make it safer. So I've, I've invested in equipment, right, to make it more likely for me to engage in these activities. Typically around the wintertime, you would not catch Maurice Donovan Selby running in 30 degree weather. But I've made the investment in sweatpants and uh, certain gear and attire so that I can go out and comfortably complete this these exercises, you know, and not just trying to like man up and be out there with shorts and a, and a T-shirt in the winter, like that's just not going to happen, right? So making adjustments and being flexible, uh, doing di- doing this in different ways. There was like this little elf workout routine on YouTube. So in the morning with Imani, 
you know, we would be doing her remote learning and they have a recess period in the morning. So I would, we would put that on. Christine actually got me into that, um, found that video and we would put that on. And for 10 minutes, it's literally this little workout. Your children can do it with you, uh, but it gets your heart rate up, get a little bit of sweat going. And then 10 minutes later, we are back on the computer um, doing her remote learning. So that was something that I factored into my routine. Like, yo, that's my 10 minutes of activity, you know, out of my 30 minutes of uh, uh, for my goal for the day, that would be a part of that, that 10 minutes. And then we're going to get into these tips, but these are sort of the strategies that I've implemented, particularly when it came to my physical activity goals from 2020. So, so what I think, was your motivation going through it? So I think that's the key in that when we ask this question, and I will say that, um, not that I, I guess right now, why I'm not making the resolution is that the motivation or the mind frame that has to be in place is not there. You know, just mm. as it was at the start of last year, I went into it with a more mindful approach where I thought about what I wanted to do, why I wanted to do it. As I said, when Imani came in here as ridiculous as she can be, she's the reason. And her her sister, right, my my two-month-old Zora, they are the primary reason. Of course, my wife, Christine, really, in general, my family and friends is why I do what I do. It's also partially for me because I feel great after these routines, right? I know that it, the, the benefits that it has on my own health, but in order for me to be around as long and as healthily as possible, I know that this is something that has to happen. And so it's not just about Maurice being sexy on the beach anymore. It's about Maurice living till 100 and being able to run with his grandchildren and great grandchildren, right? To to be able to inspire the same uh, uh, convictions or the same motivation and habits in them to be able to play with them and run with them and be silly with them. That's why to be able to host health in Harlem, right? Like, 20 years from now and be healthy and have the energy and vigor to do it. That's why I do it. So it's not about me, but that was the motivation. In this sense, it was not about me. The The motivation was for my family, me wanting. So it was about me, right? There was an intrinsic value, which we'll get into that. That's one of the things that you want, but it was about me being able to provide and be there for my family and friends and, and everybody. So that was the major motivation for me. And right now, I, I'm not in a state of mind where I feel like I've been able to, you know, with the holidays being busy and crazy and just all of the things that were happening, even around us in the news media and a lot of the changes taking place, getting this vaccine, thinking about that, weighing the benefits and the risks. Uh, I was not, I've never had the time to sit down and think about what I want to address or change and attack in my life. I just haven't had that time. And so it's January 15th. I can't make a New Year's resolution right now. I mean, I can, but I'm just not in that mind frame to be to optimize my chances of success by doing the things that we're going to talk about, being specific, right? Like uh, Giorgio's really, and thank you for bringing this out, man. You've been pointing like being accountable, finding a ways to be accountable, finding that intrinsic motivation that makes you right want to in, engage in this because it's not a hard, a easy thing to do. And that's evidenced by what we see with the statistics, you know, essentially what we've been talking about as far as the rates of failure. That's that's why that is the way it is. At the same time, I feel like we we have the ability to make New Year's resolutions every day. Uh, it doesn't have to be at the beginning of every year. 
that we say on January 1st, kind of like the same, it's the same logic as saying, oh, next Monday or tomorrow. It's just a way of procrastinating at the end of the day. Uh, I mean, it's a good milestone. I'm, I'm not against setting resolutions, but I feel like every day should be a chance to reflect and, and decide to do better and, and try and improve. The reason I bring that up is you were you brought up the reason why you're not really setting a resolution is um, your awareness of your current obstacles around achieving the mindfulness needed to set a successful resolution and the need to kind of live day by day. And I guess setting an everyday resolution would be a good response to people who want to live day by day because that's just how it is right now in the middle of the pandemic. But that means every day you should be trying your best to, to improve and, and do better. Um, and then that also takes off a lot of pressure for saying, oh, man, it's done for this year. I got to wait till next year to try again. Um, yeah. So you, you could start building before you get to January 1st and uh, just keep rolling. You know, it's still just as big of an accomplishment, uh, regardless of when it gets done. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm with you on that, but I think a lot a lot of the reason why people do resolutions starting January first is it's kind of human behavior. Uh, it's pretty typical human behavior, I would say, at the start of anything, whether it's a project for school, uh, starting a new job, etc. It's kind of human nature to set goals for that project and uh, kind of make deadlines and stuff for that. So a lot of people view a new year as a new project, um, except what they're working on is themselves. New, new Year's is kind of the time that a lot of people view as a new start, but you can do that any time of the year. If we do uh, have a, a temporary setback, which mm -hmm. is very likely. Yes. Uh, that, that Especially... There will be especially during the dark, cold months of January, February, and March. Exactly. No, and, no days. <laughs> and it takes a lot of energy to commit to these positive changes. You know, there's a reason why it didn't happen naturally. It, it takes a lot of energy to do the right thing and uh, treat yourself right. It, it always ends up, you know, uh, you end up getting rewarded from it down the road, but it does take uh, a lot of commitment to be able to, to keep going. And on those days that, you know, you, you feel like you may have failed or you, you've suffered a setback, I think it's important to just recommit as quickly as possible yeah. rather than, than waiting. But yeah, I, I think it is absolutely natural. And I find myself reflecting a lot around the new year, around my birthday. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a milestone. So it's like a checkpoint to sit there and think a little bit about what we're going to do differently for the next year and self-evolve. Yes. For sure. Um, um, and I'm with you. I think a lot of people out there too are going to be with me when I say this. Um, I've spent a lot of time in quarantine essentially gaming my brain's reward system, watching Netflix all the time, binge eating, et cetera, forming all these negative habits. Um, so for me, I took, and for Giorgio, as you said, uh, I took the new year as a time to kind of reflect on the bad habits that I've formed, 
over the past year and what I want to do to improve on that uh, during next year. I didn't necessarily make any resolutions, um, but I did feel that it was important to take the time to sort of contemplate on the past year and what I want to change about my own behavior. That's awesome. And and it sounds like we're all pretty self-aware and that's a big part of mindfulness. Yes. So- so the thing is, you know, the fortunate thing with um, and and in the the era of people being resistant to science, you know, develop a, you know developing um, knowledge through the scientific method, method and approach, and really just understanding who we are, the world that we're in, um, right? Using science, we have to be thankful to um, Dr. Norcroft, uh, Norcross, and Dr. Vangarelli. Um, whose study we mentioned earlier. So they didn't leave us hanging. Uh, Dr. Vangarelli and, and Dr. Norcross, you know, basically they not only told us how extraordinarily unsuccessful we are <laughs> uh, with these New Year's resolutions, uh, but they did sort of lay out what made people successful, right? So that 19% that hung on um, over that two-year period and were able to make significant changes, um, whatever it may be. And these were people actually that study group was amongst uh, uh, individuals with substance abuse problems, right? So we're talking people with really strong habits that they they were trying to change. And so 19% were successful. They looked at that 19% and said, what made these individuals successful? And the, the four habits that were associated with successful resolutions were mostly, right, these what we call positive psychology, um, or at least some concepts that are very prominent in positive psychology and, and a lot of the theory surrounding this field of psychology, positive psychology. Um, and one of them was practicing, right? Self-liberation. A lot of it really was just grounded in mindfulness, right? Um, so that is essentially strengthening willpower by reinforcing the belief that one can actually change. They went into this, not like we go into it a lot of times. I think where we failed in past resolutions or we failed to make whatever change that was and encountered difficulties. And so we kind of go into it even in the back of our minds, even if we're positive in the forefront, we go into it thinking like, yo, man, this is not going to work out well. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I can't wake up at 5 a.m. to get to the gym or run that three miles. Right. They went into it. These, these individuals that were successful had a sort of belief that they could make these changes that they wanted to change. Uh, they also uh, rewarded themselves for ongoing success. Another thing that they did was avoid situations of temptation. So you can imagine a person with a substance abuse problem. They did not go to uh, or probably engage in activities that were going to put them in and around you know, a situation in which there were drugs or things that they probably had problems with. An example yeah, they, of that um, is people who smoke cigarettes. A lot of like a huge New, Year res- New Year's resolution, a very popular one is to stop smoking cigarettes. Um, and there's certain situations that you can be in that without smoking itself are essentially setting you up to smoke. Um, So think about situations uh, a lot. Smoking happens a lot of times in social situations and in situations where there's alcohol involved. So just kind of being mindful of those situations is a good way to pay attention to make sure that you come out on top. And they're coupled with other behaviors many times. Yeah. So finding a way to break that, that link, whatever behavior it was, you know, after your coffee, you have a cigarette, then maybe you have to drink tea or something else, another caffeine, caffeinated beverage to break that coupled uh, behavior. Uh, but the fourth thing 
right? The fourth factor or, or habit that was associated with successful resolutions was that they essentially just engaged in positive thinking. They envisioned their own success. I guess my personal example, especially the times when it when I really have the most difficulty just getting myself up and out for a run or for a workout, is that I envision myself in the workout, right? Uh, at after the hill. If you've listened to the the uh, episode on exercise, you hear me talking about getting up those hills uh, and getting down those hills, and that is so tough, man. But once I get past the hill, it's like a literally a feeling of liberation and strength where I'm like, yes, like I made it. Now, you know, I'm on the downhill for the rest of the run or it's just something to look forward to and, and envisioning that success and basking in it right at the end of the the workout. Like it is something that I rejoice in like, yo, I did it. I actually got out and made this happen. And then that gives gave, gives me the energy to carry on in the future. So there are factors. Right. And this has been shown scientifically and actually reproduced that there are things or factors um, that make people more successful in engaging in this this activity as far as establishing New Year's resolutions or really just making any change that we want to make in our lives, especially when it comes to uh, significant changes in habit formation. And so it's something that, that can be done. Yeah. And it always reminds me of that quote uh, from Confucius that Will Smith also re-quoted where it, uh, the man who says he can and the one who says he can't are both right. I, I think that uh, Yo, our determination or, our, you know, how we feel about it largely determines uh, our motivation to achieve that outcome in, in a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of uh, context. And I've seen it happen time and time again, like the group of individuals who helped with the Lebanon response decided that they could do it and they raised $12.7 million, you know, and people with no experience, people who just decided that they could do it. So I think, you know, it's, it's kind of amazing what we can achieve when we put our mind to it. And on the flip side, how important it is to, to watch how we self-talk, um, the negative things that we might say to ourselves. That being said, Balance is key. And I, I think that this relates back to the self-determination theory, which is the idea that humans have uh, three basic psychological needs, a need for autonomy, a need for competence, and a need for relatedness. And uh, autonomy is uh, defined as, as behaving with a sense of uh, volition, endorsement, willingness, and choice while competence is being able to become the master of your environment, feel related, and feeling and relatedness is being able to relate uh, with others and feel like you belong and you're a part of something larger than yourself. And in this case, I think autonomy and competence is huge um, with New Year's resolutions because being able to follow your resolution shows the autonomy, and it also shows that you're a master of your environment, that you're competent, and you're able to go past, push past obstacles. And that being said, we need to, whenever we set these resolutions, we need to expect that these obstacles will arise and uh, plan for that recommittal, like we were kind of uh, uh, saying uh, before. 
and also make it easier to be competent. You know, we can manage our environment. We can, uh, if we if we want to quit smoking, a good idea is to throw away the ashtrays, those those triggers that make us uh, that induce those cravings and make us want to re-engage in the habits that we were trying to get rid of, or you know, make small changes like. Uh, instead of saying, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week after not going zero days a week in 2020, um, you could say, I'm going to, I'm going to go out of my apartment building using the stairs instead of the elevator. You happen to be in a New York apartment that has an elevator (laughs) or I'm going to rent that fifth floor apartment so that I could go down those stairs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, instead of saying, you know, I'm going to start running five miles every day, like Maurice. We're not all beasts like you. So. But I, I, built up. I started from, uh, you know, these were one to three to four mile runs. Uh, this was actually during the the initial point of the outbreak, right? I was rooming with Dr. Gore, with Rob Gore. And we were staying in all these Airbnbs in Brooklyn. And essentially, you know, if we the only options we had were to be inside binging, as everybody else, binging on Netflix and just eating a bunch of food. Uh, we decided to really be proactive in our uh, dealing with this virus and really just put our, our bodies in optimal uh, shape. And we talked about that on here um, in that episode of, on building resilience. But we started from right running together anywhere from you know uh, a mile to three and four mile runs, and that built up to five miles. So I didn't just start running five miles, but that's something that I've gradually been able to build up to, where I can consistently and regularly run uh, five mile runs. You know, and comfortably because those initial runs were not easy, you know, like that. I definitely felt like I, I did not want to do it again after some of them. Uh, so so it's something that I definitely had to build up. So that's the fact like that is something that a strategy that we really must employ. As you said, Georgia, like uh, you could say crawl before you walk, <laughs> walk before you run. Right. Like it's a stepwise approach to getting to where you want to be. Yeah, that's that's incredibly important. And I just want to build on that a little bit more. Um, there's going to be some days where you lack the motivation that you initially had when you made your goal. Uh, you find it hard to even get out of bed. So on those days, it's, again, starting really small, doing something small is the way to find that motivation again. So if you find you are having a very difficult time getting out of bed, try something small, get up, make yourself a cup of coffee, maybe make yourself some breakfast. Do your laundry, if you have laundry in your apartment or in your building, um, something that you can do, but isn't incredibly taxing on you. And then once you've done that, reward yourself. Say you want it, all you want to do is stay in bed and watch Netflix all day long. You did your laundry, reward yourself with one episode of that show you really want to watch. And then if you keep doing that every single day, building up, building up, building up, you'll find you've worked these things into your routine and they've become habits, but it's going to take some time. Another thing really that that is important is, you know, if we really dig deep and, and sort of see getting to the why that as, as to why we're making these uh, changes uh, in going back to that, we make these, these resolutions or goals for ourselves. Um, and as you said, a lot of them centered around money and weight loss being another very common uh, goal that people set out mm-hmm. for in, in the beginning of the year, really what individuals don't do is focus on their own happiness. And this is something that uh, I got actually from an article that was written by Arthur C. Brooks in The Atlantic. 
essentially talking about setting goals that really focus on your well-being and not so much your your wallet or your waistline, right? Mm-hmm. Um, finding goals or, or establishing resolutions that will make you feel better, that will make you happier, that will make you a more positive, right? A happier person in general. A lot of times when we're making these goals, these are things, right? Habits that we are trying to change, lifestyles that we're trying to change that really make you unhappy. So eating like a bland, flavorless diet, right? In terms of losing weight or going on five mile runs, like it's painful. There are are points in running where it's painful. It's not enjoyable uh, for many people, right? So that is something that is automatically we're setting ourselves up for failure by putting ourselves in an unhappy state. And so what he really talks about in his article is really forming your New Year's resolutions in ways that will really help you uh, become a happier person, essentially. So rather than uh, focusing on, you know, the, the changes that you have to make, the budget crunches that you have to make, right, in order to meet your financial goals, or as we said, running multiple miles or getting up at five in the morning uh, on a Saturday to be in a gym, like that's not a happy time <laughs> for anyone, yeah. but focusing on, right, when I go for a run, I'm not focused on the run per se. I am focused on getting over that hill, <laughs> like that relief release of endorphins, that is what I am concentrating on. I know that at the at the end of that run, I will feel way better. And it's consistent. Like it's never been a, a run up to this point where I have not had that that high at the end where I'm like, yes, like I did that. I feel good. The energy, that's what I feed off of. And that's what I look forward to, right? That makes me a happier person. Like is no question. Like I feel it. I know it. My wife tells me. Like I come in just a much better in a much better frame of mind. So that's what I look forward to. And that is what I've centered like my uh, in this in this goal. And this is all speaking last year, because as I said, right now, Maurice does not have any resolutions. Uh, but that's what I was looking forward to. It's like, I know I'm gonna get that high at the end, that, that runner's high, um, just as a person that I hate to use that example, but the, the other bad habit, right? Um, getting that the chemical high that we can get. Um, or the effects from alcohol, some other, you know, not so good habits. That same rush that those individuals get or, or that people get from, from those behaviors, I get the same rush. And so that's what I look forward to in my activities, right? In my, my exercise routines. And so that's, that's why this is, is so effective in, in thinking about it or approaching it this way. Yeah. And part of what makes that same rush more attainable is by setting manageable goals. So a goal at say you're 200 pounds and you set your New Year's resolution to be, I want to be 150 pounds. Uh, A lot of people think that setting weight for your goal is not necessarily the best idea um, because it can be extremely frustrating when you have been going to the gym for two weeks and you've only lost three pounds. Um, So then you end up giving up on that goal because it seems like it's so far away or the other way around, you've been working out, you've been really hitting the gym, you hit those 150 pounds, you've reached your goal. Okay, I'm going to stop going to the gym. Um, so set more manageable goals, stuff like maybe I want to lose 10 pounds. And then sit down. First of all, get your why, because uh, that's what's going to drive your motivation. But then short, sort of form smaller sub goals. Okay, how am I going to reach that goal? How am I going to lose that 10 pounds? I'm going to start going to the gym. 
I'm going to start eating healthier. Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to well, do that. What were you and then doing? you'll find yeah. once you've reached that 10 pounds, you've formed these good habits. And all you need to do is continue working on that, continue those habits. And continue, yes, and continue building on them. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a, it's, it's a process, man. Like literally, um, we are, are essentially forcing ourselves to grow each day, right? Like I'm still not done. I'm anticipating running seven miles yeah. uh, and even doing them faster. Because one of the concerns I think people uh, have too is like, oh, well, how am I going to manage the time, right? In terms of making these changes or implementing these habits. Um, and so by practicing these things regularly, we become much better at them where we can be more efficient. Like I am a more efficient runner than I was a year ago. My nine minute miles went down to seven and, you know, even sub seven minute miles. But that's because I've put in, I've invested the energy, you know, where, where I'm reaping the benefits now where I can run faster and really just get this done in a shorter amount of time. I've become essentially more efficient. And so that that's it. We can we can all do it. And so, you know, really going back to, to that initial question is essentially what we're saying is that you have to be ready. We can make these changes anytime at any moment in our lives, but it has to be a conscious, deliberate effort and not one in which you were like sitting down at a, a Christmas party or a holiday party. You know, you had a couple of shots and you decide to make your resolutions like it's this is like more calculated Mm-hmm. Sitting down in a quiet room. Um, if you did have anything to drink, don't make it shots of tequila. <laughs> you know, we're talking <laughs> like sipping uh, maybe a glass of wine and then just going through one by one what you want to change and and why you're going to change, right? What that why is making sure it's something intrinsic to you, not the extrinsic motivators, the beach body, or to be able to buy a, a, a Lexus coupe. Or something we're talking, right? Going into ourselves and seeing why we want to. Be. I want to be around as long as possible. Like I said, in the best shape possible for my family. That's what Maurice Selby wants to do. So it's intrinsic. I want to be there for my family. That's what matters to me, probably ab- above all else uh, in life. And so that's what that's why I'm doing this. Um, and that's what makes me go in in 30 degree weather, like I will be shortly <laughs> to go for a three to five mile run. Like that's it. It's intrinsic, right? We're doing it in manageable sort of bite-sized ways where we can get uh, these regular, one, we can be successful and then reward ourselves so we can continue that behavior going forward. When I get the, after I'm done with the run and I get the the ping from my watch, right? That's my cue. Like, yes, I look at my stats. I did it. Closed all my rings. And then I get the additional benefit of, of interacting with my, my friends and family that I'm linked to. You know, this is, these are strategies that I put in place to make sure that I do it. Um, and also another person to keep me accountable, <laughs> uh, because I will get the occasional checks, text with people like, yo, what's up? You falling off? Like, are you running? Like, what are you doing? Right. So that's just another boost. And, uh, uh, to me, to keep me engaged, um, and also keep me happy because at the same time, that's, I'm communicating with those, with those folks. Um, and that's something also, also that I wanted to do is just be more connected to my family and friends. And so that's how, I, how I'm doing it, but it can be done. And the science is out there to make it happen. Yes. Um, it can be done and the science is out there to make it happen. And, and if you do this in a strategic way, it can be done. I also wanted to say for those of you listening out there uh, who are on the same page as Maurice and maybe you're not ready to make any sort of resolutions just yet, 
Uh, one thing that you can do at home is starting to sit down and practice mindfulness, practice internal reflection, and find ways to be a happier person. Reflect on what you need to improve and what you should improve and what you're already doing very well. Um, and then soon enough, you'll find that hopefully mindfulness will become a habit in its own and you may eventually be ready to make resolutions and improvements. So I'm going to do it, y'all. I'm going to come back uh, at a later show. I think I'm going to come back at a later show and I will let you know what I am working on. Um, in my head. Yeah, well, you don't have to have strict show. resolutions, right. just okay. something you're working on in your, in your right. day-to-day life. Part of it has to do with the show. Um, so I guess we'll be naturally unveiling that uh, to you all. Just some of the things that we're we were talking to me actually, right? Have meetings regularly talking about this stuff, and so I think I'll we, I'll unveil my projects <laughs> or my my self <laughs> improvement changes resolution. I'm gonna just call them resolutions. I'm resolve. I'm a resolve to change something uh, that I think need you know that needs to be addressed. But I got to sit and think on it. Right. So I'm, uh, I'm you're little... resolving to make a resolution. Yeah. There we go. Yes. There we go. That's a good. Yep. I'm going to sit, think on it, figure out what it is that I want to uh, attack. And then I will I will be back to let you all know. You can follow it and then hold me to it. Put me on the spot if you have to. And and we're, we're going to have to put up a survey on our social media, see what you guys have resolved to do for this year. And then, you know, we, we can hold each other accountable. You know, and let's see. Uh, if we could help each other out, you know, we could all get on. We'll have to ask Mo every week. You know, you guys have to comment on our posts. See, just harass Mo. Have you harass completed Mo, your wings today? <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that, you can do that. I mean, I'll post my stuff, man. I'm not playing. Um, but, yeah, you, I mean, I definitely uh, need the harassment in some other areas, too. Uh, <laughs> but I got to let you know what it is I'm trying to change first, you know, and what the, what the strategy is. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for tuning into Health in Harlem. And the only thing that we ask is that you really just um, spread the word, right, as far as what you've learned on the program. And also, if you don't mind, just sharing with uh, individuals around you, whether it's on social media, you know, share our page with others, share the podcast with others. Definitely, we want you to log on to www.whcr.org. So you can check out not only Health in Harlem, but the other fantastic programming that we have at WHCR 90.3 FM. Uh, so definitely you know, check, check that stuff out and get the word out there with us. Uh, also, we want to thank the rest of our team. Um, and it's really good to see you guys too, by the way. I wanted to say that earlier. Always just good joining you and, and really you know, collaborating to get this information out to our communities. Ladies and gentlemen, this show, as always, is dedicated to the memory of Miss Gloria Thomas. Imani could not uh, sign us off tonight. <laughs> she, I just got the text from Christine that she is melting down. And so I have to go upstairs to assist in uh, getting her to bed. But she, she definitely wishes you all well. And as always, this show, as we said, is dedicated to the memory of Miss Gloria Thomas. Ladies and gentlemen, Harlem, take care of yourselves. Mm-hmm.